Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. 34-31, the Colts lose in overtime to the Tennessee Titans, falling to 3-5 and five on the season as the Titans improve to 6-2. and two. So we now tie last year's loss total through only eight games. Last year, we were 11-5. This year, we are already three and five on the season and we would need to run the table and have the Titans go five and four the rest of the way if we wanted to win the division this year we still play the Bucks we still play the Bills and we still play the Cardinals this season three really good teams three arguably top five six seven teams in the National Football League so if you drop just one of those games then the Titans would need to go four and five the rest of the way for us to make up that game because we would have to finish ahead of them because now the tiebreakers finito because they beat us both times. They sweep the season series for the first time since 2017. And there's a lot of 2017 vibes with this team right now, specifically the coaching staff. And Jason, what was our biggest key to the game? Balance. Balance offensively. To be balanced. And we run the ball with Taylor 16 times. To Carson Wentz's 51 passing attempts. We said 40-20 wouldn't get it done. And right. right goes 51-16. Plus the sack, so it was 52 dropbacks. 52 dropbacks, 16 carries for Taylor. And it's not like 16 for Taylor and another 12 for Hines and Mack. We had one for Hines, zero for Mack. So our running backs, which we consider one of the best position groups, one of the deepest position groups on this team behind an offensive line that makes a hell of a lot of money, we ran the ball 17 times between Taylor and Hines and then zero carries for Mac. Yeah, I mean, that's it. The division's over. You can put that to bed. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, Frank Wright costs us the game, and that's all you can say. You can't go – you cannot – it's so infuriating as a fan of this team when you have the second-best running back in this league – and not only that, Luke, late down the stretch, it was clear that, mm -hmm. that, that Wentz was kind of rattled. He did get, you know, we got that pass interference. We got the overtime. But down the stretch, no T.Y. Hilton. So we have three receivers. So what would a smart coach do at some point would be like, okay, we've only got three healthy receivers. We've got to get the running game going and, and find a you know. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it was just too late. Well, just, also, Jason, you just said Taylor's the second best running back in the league. Who's the first best? Derrick Henry. And coincidentally, he was playing in this game. And how many carries did he have? 28 to Tannehill's 33 passing attempts. So they had almost a 50-50 split, maybe a 53-47 split between Tannehill and Henry. And what do we have? We have like a 5-to-1, a 5-to-1.5 ratio. And we were the team that led 14 nothing. I know, man. I it's know. not like we were trailing and we had to throw our way back into the game. We didn't trail. We didn't trail in this game until what? The six minute mark of the fourth quarter? Yeah, something like that. So we either led or were tied basically the entire game, I think. Um, yeah, pretty much. Most of the game, yeah. Or at least we were never down like a possession or two possessions like they were down 14 zip. And we were up 14 zip with the football and a third and two and a fourth and two, and we threw both times. Yeah. One one set of plays I don't think anyone's ever going to remember from this game is when we were ahead 14 to nothing, and I think we had the ball at their 40, and we went on third down, we threw a bomb. On fourth down, we threw a bomb. It was, it was third and two and fourth and two. Instead of running Taylor in that situation, he throws two bombs, they get the ball, score a touchdown. Then we have the interception, fumble, they get the ball back. Those, those two plays to me killed us. And then immediately after the, you know, the fumble after Taekwon tore his ACL, which sucks, but it is what it is. I mean, as much as I gave Xavier credit last week, that was the worst half-ass attempt at a tackle. I mean, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, that he had on that long play. I mean, this game, I, I just, the Colts, they got what they deserved. Oh, yeah, I was thinking about it. I, I tweeted after the game. We did not deserve to win this game. We should have won this game, but we absolutely, after the fact, did not deserve to win this game. And I also want to correct myself. They did take a four-point lead, 21-17, the Titans, for about six minutes in the third quarter before the Jack Doyle touchdown where we recaptured the lead by three. For about six minutes, we trailed in this game in the third quarter. 
then we're up by three, we're tied. So we did not trail much in this game. If you have been in the run because you're down 17 points, 21 points, and you're playing against the clock, I understand it. I do. But, I mean, even at the end of the half, Jason, we could have probably scored a touchdown before the end of the half. And again, you're taking Taylor out of the game. I get that it's a two-minute offense, but you have enough time and you have your timeouts and your best players on the sideline. If anything, have both guys in the game. You could have Taylor and you could have Hines in the game. Plus, Taylor, as we saw in the first play of the game, is also a threat in the passing game. So it's not like he's just a one-trick pony old-school running back that can't catch the football. No question. I mean, it's – I don't know what to say after a game like this. You know, as a as somebody that – analyzes the team you know it's I just don't understand the the thinking as a fan I'm extremely frustrated Wentz is at his best when the team is balanced when you're he's not Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck the more that you throw with him the more likely something bad is going to happen because he's not those guys and he starts to play hero ball and you get the the kind of crap that that he does where he you know, pitches the ball. I mean, he's had, what, three picks on pitches on, on like, just random, like, just getting rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of his, yeah, most of his picks seem to be more play breaks down or Wright getting cute or Wentz getting cute. I mean, he, look, he only has I, one pick from the pocket, like actually dropping back and throwing, and that was in overtime. And that pick in overtime, because we're going to get on Reich, because it's like a chicken or the egg thing. This game should never be in overtime. This game should never be close, because if you have Taylor match the carries of Derrick Henry and you're more balanced, we're the better team. In my opinion, we're the better team. I think we have just the better overall roster. Defensively, we're better than them. We lead this game by 14 points, and we're at home. So there's really no reason it should get to that point. So we're going to talk a lot about that. But then, like, specific situations, like in overtime, Taylor's wide open. Wide open, and he throws into double coverage. And that's being nice. It might have been triple coverage. There was a lot of Titans jerseys where that football went. I saw Cox wide open in the flat, and I saw Taylor wide open in the middle of the field. If you get that ball to Taylor, he turns around. And don't forget, you don't even need a touchdown on that drive. There's about six minutes on the clock, and a field goal wins the game. It's the third possession of overtime. It's our second possession. It's the third possession overall of overtime. A field goal wins the game. So your target is like the 35-yard line, let's say. 30 to 35, 40-yard line. And you have Taylor wide open over the middle of the field. If you just take that, that was very Jacoby-esque. If you just take what the defense is giving you, Taylor turns around, and there's a pretty good chance if he doesn't score a touchdown, he gets into field goal range. We're on our side of the field. There's a lot of green grass in front of him. A lot of green grass in front of him. And he doesn't take it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a horrible decision. He was in hero ball mode by that point, and that's the problem with him. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you cannot – once he gets out – like I feel like he's better with a – when he doesn't have to be the best player, he doesn't have to be Superman, and you can just – he can just fit into the offense. But once you start throwing it every friggin' down, he turn. I mean, he's trying to make all these plays and all instead of just making the right play. And that's the biggest issue with Carson Wentz. Besides his injuries, he tries to do too much. And I put a lot of that on Frank because Frank's just putting the game in his hands constantly mm-hmm. instead of giving it to. As far as positional players go, we're talking about somebody that's probably not a top ten quarterback versus a running back that's easily number two mm-hmm. and we're and we're throwing it 52 times it's just luke i don't have i don't i don't know i have no answers doesn't make any sense but but when you do this you get what you deserve i feel Absolutely. sorry for the players mm-hmm. because they deserve better they they played their ass off but you know i mean it is what it is you get what you deserve in this league you you do dumb shit you lose games i mean it just how you don't use your best player, and I don't even think it's arguable as far as skill players go. I mean, we said Pittman and Taylor. They got the ball to Pittman pretty good, but they didn't get it to to Taylor hardly at all. And that's the difference in the game. You see, Tennessee does what we should do. They get him 25 carries, no no excuses every game. Mm-hmm. Especially this seven, game. Like, especially right. this game. Because Our season's on the line today. Their season wasn't even on the line. 
Our season was on life support, and they're going to have 12 more carries for their back, and they trailed this game by 14 points? I mean, it, it's – people have to understand. It's like it's not necessarily always running to, to, to break a 90-yard touchdown. It's also to keep them from freaking pinning their ears back all the time. Jason, and, even the first possession of the game, great drive. Reich always scripts those first few drives very well, the first drive specifically very well. We go right down the field, first and goal from the two. Throw, run to Granson, throw, throw. Thankfully, we scored on fourth down. Eventually, you know, if you throw enough times, yes. eventually you'll score. Taylor doesn't touch the ball inside the five-yard line one time. You have more runs to yeah. your third-string tight end inside the five-yard line then you're all world running back. It's ridiculous. He's just so. And then on, on third and fourth down, on third and fourth, I don't even think Taylor it, was mean, in the game. I think Wentz was in the gun, empty backfield. Yeah, I mean it's, dude. I, I'm so angry and frustrated. I'm, I'm just, I'm spent. That game just took everything out of me. I think we're evenly matched with the Titans. I think we're. I, I don't know. If, I wouldn't say we're better. We're zero and two against them, but I would say we're evenly matched. But where we're not evenly matched is their coach is smarter than ours. Like, it, it, the, the Titans get more out of their offense and their players than, than Frank gets out of our offense. And it's because, like we've said from day one, he does not put players in the best positions. I re he really doesn't. And, he, and it's frustrating, but this is who he is. And, you know, he does things that, I mean – he literally basically came into this game and said, we're going to have the same game plan we had in the first game that lost, that we lost. And we're just going to do it even more this game, which is we're going to throw it even more and we're not going to give the ball to Taylor. It was literally the same exact damn game plan and it didn't work. And he's just so stubborn and thinks he's the smartest person in the room instead of just doing what works. That's one thing I always respected about Dungy when he came in. He didn't try to reinvent the wheel. He didn't go out and get his own OC. He stuck with with Tom Moore, and he stuck with what worked. They had like five, six staple plays, and he just ran them all the time and just executed them better than anyone else could execute their defense. This offense, I mean, I, I just – it's not – obviously not – we don't have Peyton Manning, but at the same time, like, there's something to be said for just sticking with what, what works and – Taylor was an animal the last three weeks, and then this week he's basically taken away. I mean, by his own coach. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. It's frustrating. People blaming the defense. This is ridiculous, and I, I just, I mean, it is, dude. Th th this is going to be a long year. Ty's out again. I mean, it just, it just never ends. I mean, we get like we. I said this in a recent show. We get our head above water for about. One quarter, and then maybe a quarter and a half, and you know, Taekwon, you know, tears his ACL. Kari hurt gets hurt with the with the calf, and Ty gets a concussion, and we're back to square one. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just it, this is just one of those years where everything goes wrong for us. We find a way to lose games that we should win. That's two games now that we basically pissed away because either you know injury, you know, the the Baltimore game, it was just the entire goddamn secondary was hurt. And we could not stop Lamar, and Frank got you know conservative at the end of that game. And in this game, we just don't use our best player. Period. I don't know what else. I mean, it's stupid. I don't know. It's almost like Frank has money on the game or something. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But that's the way it is. That's we're three and five. We're not. We're just not a good team, man. We 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 cannot get out of our own way. We had a ton of penalties today. I mean, just yep. we're just not a good. I mean, we're not a winning team. Nope. At this point. We still haven't had the what-the-fuck game. And that could be coming this Thursday. You never know. The Jets yeah. just <laughs> Jets just won. Huge upset over the Bengals. Mike White. It's unbelievable. We still haven't had that game yet. I'm sure that's coming. So, Well, counterpoint, when you're 3-5, and five, do you have a WTF game? The Jets actually beat the Titans. That's a good point. Bad that's teams don't point. have what-the-F games. Bad teams, bad teams that are now... 0-4 against teams above 500, and then 1-3 against teams under 500. Bad teams, actually, they're what the F games are the games where they actually upset a team and win a game. When we actually beat a good team, that's the WTF game. Yeah. 
one other thing. Frank mentioned, I did see this, that he took 100% blame for that stupid call on the goal line where he threw the interception because he ran a screen. Why you run yeah. a screen on the two goddamn yard line is beyond me. Put Taylor in the game and mm-hmm. hand him the freaking ball. And I hate, like, I appreciate accountability when a coach could say that was my fault. I take accountability for it. I shouldn't have done that. But you're a head coach now and a play caller in year four. How in the world do you even put yourself in a predicament to make a mistake like that where you're throwing a screen backed up against your own goal line? You know what I'm saying? Like, that shouldn't be the type of mistake. That's not a spur-of-the-moment thing. You're making a call backed up. You have a minute 30. You're not even trailing. You're tied. You have a minute 30 and you have two timeouts. There should be no reason to panic and throw a screen in a situation like that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like when a coach makes a spur of the moment mistake, I understand it because you're not thinking. That's your first play of the drive. Wasn't that the first play of the drive too? Yeah. So you got plenty of time to think about that. There was no rush. There was no reason to make a mistake where you even have to apologize for it after the game. I, I just don't understand why he didn't run Taylor out there. I mean, it's just – I know it's a broken record, but the guy is so damn good. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know what his – Luke, I'm not looking at the stats. What was his yards per carry? It was at least over four, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was 4.4. Okay. So so you hand it off and he gains three or four yards. Minimum, right? Mm-hmm. You're at least out of that hole, and then you can – maybe do a little bit of different thing, but like you can't, I just don't understand. Like it reminds me of that play in Cleveland last year where he single block miles Garrett and mm-hmm. tried to throw a bomb from the one yard line backed up in his own end zone. Yep. And it got intercepted. It was just <laughs> with Philip rivers. Yeah. It made no sense. Yeah. And Henry averaged 2.4 yards per carry. They never thought about stopping giving Henry the ball. 2.4, he was going to touch the ball 28-plus times. And the thing about it is, it's the fear and, and the knowledge that he's 100%. in the game. 100%. And, and, and he took Taylor off the field so many times, and it's like they see Hines come on the field. Okay, it's a pass. Yep. Jason, there was and a it, third and two for the Titans. It was right after – I think it was right after Torrey jumped off sides. So third and seven, they take him out of the game. Okay, that makes sense. He's not going to scare you as much on a third and seven. Third and two, he doesn't come back in. I'm saying, oh, thank God they didn't bring him back into the game for third and two. No matter what, he sets up the bootleg. He sets up everything because of the fear. I was like, oh, thank God. Then fourth and two comes in. He comes back in the game, and of course, you know, they get the first down. But even when we're containing him and stopping him, and he has 2.4, a big reason why A.J. Brown has 150 yards is the fear of Henry. And a big reason why Tannehill gets every single effing bootleg is because of Derrick Henry. So Yeah, because you have to respect it. Because you you have to respect it. We respect it a little bit too much because... It's been two full games of Tannehill killing us in that bootleg, and eventually you have to keep at least somebody out there and have a linebacker or somebody spy on him so you could stop right. it. And it's not like it's fourth and two and Tannehill gets two yards or three yards. He always gets like 15, 20 yards, which is a problem right. in itself. But that's all credit to Derrick Henry. And we have our own guy that could install the same type of fear into a defense and a defensive coordinator. And we have him on the bench half the time. It doesn't make any sense. And even in the first half, there were so many situations with an empty backfield where I'm like, okay, you don't even have to run the ball on third and two, but have Taylor in the game because he puts that fear into the defense. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's funny to me, dude. Everybody knows I'm a fan of Flus, And were they perfect today? No. But Tennessee averages 27 points a game. They basically scored 24 today. We gave mm-hmm. them 10, right? Yep. The difference in this game was Tennessee put their bell cow back in the game, gave them the ball 28 times, and made our defense respect him, and that opened up the pass. If you don't do that, it doesn't open up the pass, and we did not run the ball enough or have Taylor in the game just having him in the game will scare a defense Mm -hmm. because they have to respect it. And to me, this game is not on the defense. Were they perfect? No. Are they great? No. Did they do enough to win? Absolutely. Absolutely, yep. 
The offense, free, it's like, let me, let me say this. Imagine if we took Darius Leonard off the field half the time. <laughs> what kind of sense does that friggin' make? None. And, and that's basically what you're doing. You're taking Darius Leonard's a home run hitter on defense. Jonathan Taylor's a home run hitter on offense. You're basically taking the Darius Leonard of our offense off the field half the time. That's ridiculous. And I'm so tired of it. I'm sick of bitching about this. There's no excuse for it. If you love Taylor as much as you claim you do when you drafted him, then why can't the fucking guy get 20 carries in a game? Tell me that. Yep. I mean, I wish I could answer for you because if I'm the coach, he's going to touch the ball a bare minimum. In the game preview, I want him to match Henry. If Henry has 20, I want him to have 20. If Henry has 28, I want him to have 28. And he had 16 to Henry's 28. And it's not even like he had 16 and Hines had eight and Mac had four. He had 16. Mac and Hines had one. They would have had another that got taken back on a hold. And that, again, didn't make sense. Why is Mac touching the ball there when that should be Taylor again? At the towards the end of regulation or at some point, the old, it's it's the random throw Marlon Mack in the game bullshit. It and I'm sorry about no listen, sense. And we like Mack, dude. But it makes no sense. I apologize to the fans that are listening for my language. I'm just very upset. It's I'm I know I shouldn't be cursing so much, but this game, man, I I, I just I I don't get it. I don't understand his rant. Like the just the. The random t- like he'll like the thing that another thing that drives me crazy is Taylor will start start getting in a rhythm and then he'll just randomly take him out and put Hines in the game for a set of it's just like dude let the man cook let him yep. do what he does it's yep. so frustrating man we have the players yeah I'm just praying I'm on my couch praying that the Titans take Henry out of the game not even not give him the ball take him out of the game and we're constantly taking our version of Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor out of the game. And I tweeted this afterwards, Jason. At the end of the day, if I'm Jim Mercy after this season, I'm going to Chris Ballard because we have issues with the coaching staff. We have issues with Frank Reich. We have issues with the trainers, the doctors. I'm going to Ballard and I'm saying you're in year five, which is already past the normal limit. We've had a lot of things happen, obviously, the Andrew Luck retirement, a bunch of stuff. We let you, we forced Pagano on you for the first year, so you can't even count that year. So a lot of stuff, right? But I'm going to Ballard and I'm saying, you have three more years. Do whatever you want. Here are the keys. Fire the coaching staff. Hire whoever you want. Hire whatever coach, whatever coordinators, whatever you want for the next three years. The keys are yours. Training staff, doctors, do what you want. This is your organization for the next three years. And the clock starts now and it begins to tick right now. And it's your duty to turn this around because we haven't won a division title. We haven't won more than one playoff game. This will be our third consecutive year without a playoff win. So I love Ballard and I love this roster and I think it's a really good team. And I think it's being held back by other areas. So I'm giving them the keys and I'm telling them, do what you need to do. Make the changes you need to make. I am getting out of the way, and I am letting you handle it. And hopefully he's able to make the right decisions. Because that would be eight years of Chris Ballard. So that's what I'd be doing. Because I really do believe that we have as much, if not more, homegrown talent on this roster. Like good, elite, blue-chip talent. Homegrown, outside, especially outside of the first round, than any team in the National Football League. As much or more than anybody. So that's what I'm doing. You've done a great job in multiple aspects, but the results on Sunday aren't to my expectations if I'm Jim Ursay. So here's the keys. Three years, it better change. It better change. I'm I'm 100% with you. And and listen, I I love – everybody knows I love Floose. I I defend him and all that, but I'm not against just cutting and just starting over with the coaching staff. I'm not against it because – this is unacceptable. I mean, this is the year four of this shit. I'm, it's unacceptable. You've got you've got a bell cow, a great a great run blocking offensive line, and a quarterback that when you put everything on his shoulders, he he wilts. You saw that late in this game. Yep. He's not bad. He's an he's a little bit above average, I think. If you put the right guys around him and you run a balanced offense, 
He's good. You saw that in San Francisco. You saw that in, in Baltimore. You saw that in, you know, all of our, really all of our games since since the, the Rams game. And even the Rams game, I thought, you know, it was, it was okay. Not great. But since he's gotten healthy, they've played much better. And, yes, they've played bad teams. But also, you got to look further inside the numbers. They've been more balanced. And that is the key. Take the pressure off Wentz. Clearly, when the pressure is all on Wentz, he doesn't handle it well. He's not Andrew Luck. He's not Peyton Manning. He's a little bit above average. He's not a top 10 quarterback. He's a guy you can win with. Think like Derek Carr. He's like a Derek Carr kind of quarterback. You can win with him, but you can't put everything on him, especially when you've got a good offensive line, borderline great in the run game and a great back that if you just give him the carries dude didn't he have two long runs called back for holding if you just keep handing him the ball he's gonna break one Mm -hmm. and it's just oh yeah and that call against reed was awful that was third yards taken off the board so I'm not even going to get into it. No, I know we're not even going to get into it, but to go back to when you brought up the yards per carry, 4.4 yards per carry, and his big runs all came off the board, and they weren't big because of the holds. So that's Uh, my whole point. My point is because there's holds where it's like the hold opened the hole, but then there's also holds where you could have kept that flag in your back pocket or it just didn't affect the play. So, yeah, Taylor easily could have been up over five yards per carry today, easily. Yeah, and, and one thing I want to say is I know a lot of fans are going to bitch after this game about the refs, and they were bad. Okay, I'm not going to argue that, but the Colts had every opportunity in overtime to win this game. They had every opportunity at the end of the game to win this game, and they just didn't get it done. Nope. And that's the bottom line. Yes, the refs sucked, and we got a lot of bad calls against us, and that's not – I mean, but that's that's the league. Every team yeah. gets that. The good teams find a way to overcome that, and we're just not doing it. And when we went to overtime, and we and we got the ball back after the first, what was it, the first pick? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's just settle down, run the ball, and kick a field goal, win this thing, and go yep. home. It's over. And and, yep. and, and 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 he just kept doing the same shit. Yep. Well, here's what I'll say about the refs, real quick. The first half. I thought we got screwed multiple times. I thought that the hold against Reed was a terrible call. I thought that the fumble, the phantom fumble, was just mind-numbing how Odom came up with that ball and CBS never showed us an angle. Maybe there's an angle out there and I'm wrong. CBS never showed us an angle where the Titans recovered that fumble. So if you have a bunch of guys, both teams, fighting for the loose ball, the team that comes up with it, it's the easiest call. That should be the team with the ball. I didn't see anybody with the Titans have the ball on the ground and then Odom take it out of their hands. I saw a pile. I saw a bunch of guys. There was no clear cut who had what until Odom got out of the pile. So in my opinion, how in the world you give possession to the other team is just mind-numbing. So that's the first thing. Defensively, do we have to do a better job the next play? Of course, and Rhodes has to do a better job, and you can't give up a 50-yard or 57-yard, whatever it was, touchdown to A.J. Brown. Absolutely. But should it have been our ball? Yes. So that was terrible. A couple really bad calls. In the second half, we got a lot of calls. Now, I thought they were, for the most part, good calls, but my point is, like, I thought the calls against us were bad in the first half, and then we got, like, good calls that we deserved in the second half. But the reason I bring it up is because offensively, we got bailed out by boneheaded plays by the Titans in the second half. There was a time where we absolutely should have been punting, and out of nowhere a guy comes in and hits Pittman in the back. Good call. I don't think we got bailed out by the call, but we definitely got bailed out by Tennessee being stupid and hitting Pittman for no reason. He was moving backwards. Forward progress stopped. We're about to punt. That leads, I think, think that led to a touchdown or at least a field goal for us. I think that led to the go-ahead field goal. So in the second half of this game, we kind of stayed in the game thanks to the refs on pass interference and different calls where Wentz was underthrowing the ball. So we wouldn't have had completions most likely. And thankfully the Titans didn't get their head around or there was reasons why the flag came out and they were good calls. But I didn't really feel like we ever earned it. There was never like a 
point where I was like, oh my God, that's an automatic catch if he doesn't get held. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, no, no question. Yeah, so like I, I felt like we got because we definitely did not look like an offense. And I know seven of our points basically came off the Kenny Moore pick. It was almost like a pick six assist because he returned oh. it to like the seven yard line, then we were able to punch it in on the first play to Pittman. But yeah. when I look at this game, this didn't look like an offense that deserved to score 31 points or even, honestly, 24 points. This did not look like an offense that scored 20-plus points in this game. And it was because the refs gave us calls that we did earn or at least that the Titans gave us, and then we cashed it on the pick that was almost six. I have a question for you because I was watching the game with my dad, and I had, there was a play, okay, I think it was late in the game, or maybe it was in the third or fourth. It all runs together. But there was a play where Trey got called for a personal foul, hitting him low. Now, mm -hmm. my question was, he hit him low. That's not my argument. But it looked like he was going to run. And my question is, he did end up throwing it. My question is, what is he supposed to do? Exactly, there? yeah. There, there needs to be a better job by the judgment of the ref. First off, Trey puts his head down and dives at the legs of Tannehill. It looks like Tannehill's about to run. He's been running all game, so there has to be some type of human leeway. How in the world is Ture even supposed to know that the ball was released? Or what, even if he sees the ball being released, if you're airborne for a tackle where you're wrapping up a guy's legs, he didn't go for his head and hit him in the helmet, you no. can't stop your body when you're airborne. And I mean, what are you supposed... Like, I, I was thinking about this as a coach. What are you supposed to teach him there? Like, from behind, you can't. From in front of him, I guess you could kind of teach to just kind of No, like, but I'm saying in that situation, when a guy's about to run, especially a guy that's been killing us with his legs, are you just supposed to let up and let yeah. him run? Yeah, are you supposed to teach the guy to stop? I, I mean, the Colts had plenty of bonehead. I mean, they had a friggin' false start when they had him in third and seven. They had another fault, like they lined up wrong. I mean, they had a lot of dumb penalties in this game that there were self-inflicted wounds, but I didn't like that call. Um, I'm not going to gripe about it too much because I think technically by the rule it's correct because I, I don't know if he was still in the pocket or not, but it was close. It looked like he broke to me. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a bad call. I don't my, – my issue is what – like when I watch something like that, I'm like, well, what is the defensive yeah. coach supposed to call? Oh, like, Jason, the like, craziest thing to me was the announcers thought that that was a bad call in the late hit on Pittman. Did you hear that? No. Oh, yeah. Did you have yeah. the game on mute? Dude, was it me or did Jay Feely seem like he was actively rooting for the Titans? I he think... kept saying the Titans were getting all the call, like bad calls. So yeah, like... I think Feely – see, this is the balance because the Colts got a lot of calls, right? We got a lot of calls in this game, especially in the second half, but they were all good calls. Like They were all calls where you kind of right. had to throw the flag. If anything, we could have got one more – when I think it was, I think yeah, Cox when, got hit or somebody got hit in overtime, no, right? No, no, it was Doolin got crushed. Yeah, Doolin like got before crushed. Before the ball got there. Yeah. And they didn't throw a flag. Yeah. Yeah, so like we could have even got that one. But as far as bad calls, the three worst calls in the game, probably, maybe four if you include the Doolin one, was that. The Teray call, in my opinion, although it might technically be right, if it's right, then it's a rule problem, not a ref in game problem. Right. And then. The read hold I thought was bad. And then the worst call of the game was the fumble. We clearly so, I mean, recovered the fumble. Like, I never saw possession for the other team. I never saw the Titans have possession. I mean, and one other – Jesus Christ. We said we were going to talk about the rest, now we're talking. But it's funny <laughs> because the Baltimore game, Lamar Jackson had literally the same thing happen to him that Tyquan had happened to him where he just fell down and fumbled the ball. Mm -hmm. And they said he nobody touched him, and he said he was. I down know. By I contact. think that that's if they sit down by contact, I can't explain it. I think the quarterback could, quote unquote, give himself up, and a defensive lineman running with the ball can't give himself up. So I, oh, okay. I thought that that was the difference. But if they said he was touched, then they would be wrong. But I think Lamar could give himself up as a quarterback as one of those protected quarterback rules. But if I'm a coach, like if I'm Fluce this week. I'm telling my guys on defense, especially my linemen, don't advance the ball. If you somehow come up with the ball, unless we're like on the 10-yard line going in, you could get a scoop and score into the end zone. Don't like where was Tyquan Lewis going with the ball? And not only does he not only does he fumble the ball and it turns into an AJ Brown touchdown, on top of it, he tears his ACL and now he's out for the year. Well, he tore his ACL first, I think, dude. And that's what made him fumble. No, I know, but like I'm saying, he picks the ball. If he just lays down, there's no tear and there's no fumble. 
That's true, but I don't I don't know if you can necessarily coach a player not to try to make a play. No, but my point is my point is like if a big guy gets the ball in the middle of the field, you're probably better off teaching them to just go down because where, where I, was he going to? Because it's not like he it was not a stripping sack where he was able to pick it up and run a forty yard dash. He right. picked it off, dropping back in coverage. What are you going to do as a 300-pound man? Like, you're not going to yeah. go anywhere with it. So you're almost better off teaching guys. Like, if it's Leonard, it's different. If it's Kenny Moore, it's different. If it's Rhodes, if it's Blackman, if it's Willis. Now I'm starting to list guys that are out because, God forbid, we could stay healthy for one week. But you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, those guys are yeah. athletes. When a defensive lineman picks off a ball, unless he's picking it off with green grass in front of him, you're better off teaching the guy to go down almost. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of... Because you're out of their wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, I... I well, it's a little bit... It's hindsight on the injury, but I swear to God, it's not hindsight on the pick, on the uh, fumble. Because when he picked that, I was saying, go down. I l immediately wanted him to go down. Because I figured, right. what what good could come from this? You're going to pick up seven yards? We could not right. hand the ball to Taylor for seven yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, summing all this up, it's just all this crap is just what bad teams do. Yep. From the coaching to the dumb penalties to lining up in the neutral zone by Grover yep. to jumping off sides. Teray, I mean, Jesus Grove Christ. made a huge – I want to give Grove a little bit of shout-out, though. He made a huge play in overtime on Henry on that tackle for loss to get the oh, ball yeah. back. I mean, no, we had two, we had two possessions offensively in overtime. Did we even have a first down, maybe one first down? Yeah, I I don't even, dude. It was such a blur. I, I maybe won, but I I just mm -hmm. where I, I wanna mean, where I wanna criticize the defense real quick before I talked about the bootleg. How in the last game he could kill you. You don't need eleven guys to stop Henry, so you have to have somebody spy Tannehill because it's beat you too many times. Fool me one right. time, fool me two times. Fool me 17 times against Tannehill. Like, eventually, you have to have somebody there that's able to stop it. Even if he picks it up, okay. Like, we had Wentz pick up a fourth and two bootleg. He picked it up by half a yard. When Tannehill picks it up, and he's not Lamar Jackson, and we actually did a better job against Lamar Jackson, and it's probably because we fear Jackson more than we fear Baltimore running backs. But No, I think it's because we fear Henry more. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, like, when we play Baltimore, our number one fear is the quarterback. So, we have right. our you know, antennas up for Lamar and we don't fear the running backs for Baltimore. So our number one fear is Lamar. And today our number one fear is Henry. But my point is we did it where it's like, cause I saw a lot of people saying we can't stop bootlegs period. And I'm like, no, we actually did a good job against Baltimore twice last year and this year. It's right. specifically Tannehill. And I think it's because of that monster they have in the backfield and Derrick Henry, who is the best running yeah. back in football. And I get that. And we did a hell of a job on him, 2.4 yards per carry. But you can't just let Tannehill get 15, 20 yards on fourth and two bootleg action. You have to have somebody over there spying so you could stop him. Even if he gets it, you could tip your cap if he picks up two and a half yards on fourth and two. You can't give right. him a wide open lane to pick up 20 yards. And this wasn't our first time playing them. It's our second game against them, and he's still doing it to us. So that was my first real issue I had defensively. A lot of the other stuff, like a lot of the a lot of the AJ Brown stuff, besides the one big touchdown, some of it was just big time throws, big time catches where you kind of have to tip your cap. The biggest issue I had was that that was definitely number one. I had one more issue that I can't I'm trying to remember now. That was def oh, my other biggest issue was when we were up 24-21. They had – there was a holding penalty on Tennessee. They moved back to about the 45-yard line. They had a third and 17. We played oh, prevent. Yeah, we we played. rushed four. We basically gave them the completion. They pick up 14 yards, and they kick, and kick a game-tying field goal. I'm yeah. putting some pressure there. I'm playing regular defense. If they pick up 14-plus yards or if they pick up 17 and get the first down, God bless them. I'm going to make them – God damn, earn that 17 yards. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I'm not giving yeah, them 14. No. That was the game tying field goal in a tight, in obviously a tie game, a tight game. You're up by three points. So we gave them three there. And then the next possession for us, we have Wentz overthrow Doolin on third down and we overthrow three points. So right there, that's a six point swing in a game that goes to overtime. Yeah, no question. I was a hundred. I hundred percent agree. Flute that that was a terrible play call by Flute. You cannot. I mean, it was basically like saying here, here's three points. I mean, mm -hmm. in a game like that, you just can't do it. You got. I mean, and they were 
they were getting pressure on Tannehill. They yeah. beat the crap out of him. Yep. So, so I mean, and, and you know they're going to throw, so you've got to put some kind of pressure on him. And just basically giving them three points, I mean, that's why this is a team loss. And they're just finding ways to lose. Little things turn into big things when they're close games. And you just can't give teams, you know, especially in a game that's decided by three points, we gave them three points. We actually, and then and then our offense gave them 10. So, I mean, that's 13 points right there. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. it's what bad teams do, Luke. I mean, we just, we cannot beat good teams. Good teams find a way to beat us because we're not a good team. Yep. We're true. better than bad teams. We're not good enough to beat good teams. We find ways to lose games against good teams. Mm-hmm. And most of it, I think is because we refuse to give our best player the ball. Yep. And I, I, I will never understand it, but it is what it is. It's what he does. Yep. He's done it. He's done this his entire career. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think back to that Miami game in 2019 when we were cooking with Mac, he takes him off the field. I think it was that. Yeah. Mac was killing it. He takes him off the field on the last possession of the game and put, puts Hines in for no apparent reason. And we lose the game. And that uh, that was when our season really went down the commode after we lost to the Dolphins. So, I mean, he does this kind of crap. He's been doing it his whole career. It got covered up by, I think, a lot by 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 luck in the first year and Rivers last year. You know, I, I just I don't know what to say anymore. It's the it's year four and he still doesn't know how to utilize playmakers. And the thing that pisses me off even more is we were literally down to our last three wide receivers and he's still out there chucking at every play. I mean, he still can't get Hines and Taylor on the field at the same time. Can't nope. do it. Well, he did it one time inside the five yard line on the touchdown to Doyle, and I gave him credit for it. On Twitter, I gave him credit. I said, Oh, that was great. Two backs in the backfield, misdirection. It was beautiful. Oh, and yeah, he got... did it twice. Dude, yep. we scored two touchdowns on that. Yep. Because we ran the we ran the Wildcat with, with Hines at the at the end. Yep. Two I think our three best playmakers, Jason, are Taylor, Hines, and Pittman. So yeah. having two of them in the game, I would think would only bring positive results it opens stuff up yeah when you had taylor and hines in the game we scored two touchdowns yep yep and i so and one more thing i want to say so i criticized the defense right oh you guys never criticize the defense all right i criticized the defense i gave those two big things this was one of the very rare games and it's extremely rare and it is at the end of the day a total team loss and i gave my reasons for the defense but this is one of the super rare games and I can't even think of really another example of this, where a team scores 30 points in an overtime loss and the offense is more to blame than the defense. Because when you look at the final score, our offense was given seven points by the defense on the pick six assist by Kenny Moore, where he basically returned it to the 10-yard line and we had a one-play offensive drive to score a touchdown. So that's an extension of the defense. So the defense kind of gave us seven points of our 31. And then when you look at the 34 points for the Titans, 10 of it came directly from our offense where our defense didn't do anything wrong. We had the pick six on the one-yard line where... Wentz obviously was under pressure, kind of just floated up into the, like the two-yard line. It got picked off, returned for an easy touchdown for the Titans at the end of regulation. And then in overtime, he throws the other pick that leads to like a five-yard drive that ends in a game-winning field goal. So that's a plus-minus of 17 points where our defense, holding them to 24 under their season average, did enough to win this game. They forced two, well, they forced two turnovers, but one basically was no change of possession because the Titans not only retained possession, but they also got a first down out of it. And it led to a one play touchdown to AJ Brown. But when you look at this game, offense is to blame defense is to blame special teams is to blame, but it's one of the rare games where a team scores 30 points in a loss and the offense is more to blame than the defense. And one more thing I want to say, Jason, before I throw it back to you, people get mad at me sometimes when I talk about the coach, or when we talk about the head coach, at the end of the day, he is the head coach. Offense, defense, special teams, 53-man roster. He is the head coach of this football team. So, like, even a situation like that third and 17, and you see your team drop back into prevent, that's even a little bit on the plate of the head coach. Because at the end of the day, this is your football team. So nothing should be done on special teams or defense without your stamp of approval. You are the head coach. I blamed a lot of offensive things. 
in the Chuck Pagano era on Chuck Pagano. He wasn't calling the plays, but it was still his football team. Yeah. I mean, listen, to me, the game can be summed up this way. 52 dropbacks, 16 rushes. The end. I tweeted that. That's basically how I feel. That's that's how you lose games in this league. We are 0-2 against the Titans. We have thrown the ball. I let me let me look at the stat, Luke, because I want to get this right. We dropped back in this game 52 times. Let me look at I have the stat in front of me. In the first game, 40 passes. So 92 dropbacks, 34 runs. In two games. Yep. That's that's the bottom. They're be- in the, at the end of the day, that's the difference in these two teams. Yep. They last give their year, Jason, last year, week one, when we lost to the Jaguars, I think he had Phillip Rivers, a 40-year-old man, throw 40 times. Of course. Of course. It's just my – and people are going to make excuses. I don't know what it is. People hate Flus, and they love giving Reich all this credit. I don't understand it. Uh, he yep. does mind-numbingly dumb shit all the time. 92 dropbacks. 34 rushes. That's insane. It's that the nuts. same game plan twice. It cost us two games. Yep. I still believe if you flip that shit and you run Taylor at least 40% of the time or 45% of the time, we might win both of those games. I agree. But I tend to because agree. their bell cow is, is Derrick Henry and right. And they give him the ball almost 30 times every game and rightly so if we did that and just gave him the ball 20 to 25 times i'm not even asking for 30 the results would be different yep. they would be different they would but they absolutely would i mean and well it's jason just a- you say you don't understand why fans are defending frank reich hashtag chuck stay and i'm not comparing or saying one's yeah, better than the other or saying that reich's as bad as chuck but my point is, this is a fan base and a media that literally had a hashtag Chuck Stay after 2015. That's Jesus. all you need to know. Yeah. I would right. assume they're a lot of the same people. You're right. I mean, it's just, I mean, oh, God. Mm-hmm. And, and by, the way, just, by the way, we have to so, learn the rules. We have to, because did Dio play today? I'm not sure. Yeah, Dio did play. Uh, so I don't know if he no, did anything. No, I was making a joke about the rules. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to learn the rules, oh, Jason. Wrong, Luke. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> learn I, the rules. I, I just got that. I'm sorry. I'm in such a like a stupor after this friggin' loss that I yeah. I didn't get well, the joke. Don't worry, Jason, because when we lose, me and you become funnier. So. Maybe not today, but throughout the rest of the year, at three and five, if this continues to trend in this direction and we don't beat teams over five hundred, Jason and I will get progressively funnier as the year goes on. That's a guarantee, I promise. So oh, even yeah, if you're not yeah. tuning in for the football, tune in for the comedy because it will get funny in here. Yeah, because I mean that's the only you gotta laugh, man. At some point you can't you can't cry, we're adults, <laughs> but but you can laugh and I mean at some point it's it, listen. We take this very seriously. We devote a ton of time to it, but it's still just football. Yeah. It's a game. It's supposed to be fun. This is not fun, but we'll try to. It, it, hell, we go if we go three and fourteen. Luke might have to start coming on as like a, as Chuck as, and give his uh, opinion on the team. You know, yeah. I mean, because <laughs> at, at this point, I mean, we I I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this season. If Frank doesn't start using Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to lose my mind. But yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, we're going to get to a point where I'm going to want to start saving Taylor. If the season's over, I don't want to run my running back, my all-world running back into the ground. But we're not, right, like, good, you know, we're, we're getting to that yeah. point. Because that's the one yeah, more thing. I, I want, Jason, I wanted to say this before, by the way. When I was talking okay. about Ballard and I was saying, you get three years, the clock starts now, do whatever you want with the staff, do whatever you want with the trainers, the medical people. My ultimate point also was, remember in 2018 when we talked about Leonard and we talked about Nelson and we talked about Braden Smith and all the guys and Hines yep, and then the next year, that. everything yep. was always, these guys are going to get better. They're going to get better. And in a lot of ways, they have gotten better. I'm not mocking us. I think we were right about that. Guys, young guys get better. Rocky Asins made strides. Guys get better as they get more used to the NFL lifestyle and the play and everything. So they get better. They improve. Right. They come in young, they get older, they improve. 
but it's a short lifespan in the NFL. So yep. when your great 2018 draft class now has wasted, we wasted their rookie contracts, right? We have yep. one playoff win with that draft class, and now, yep. boom, they're all getting paid. Leonard just got paid. Braden just got paid. Next year, Nelson's going to get paid. So now it's like, wow, we wasted the years of them not making a lot of money. Yep. And right. the next point. step is they get old, and then they're done. So – we're wasting those years and we're wasting it. And it's almost like the complete inverse of the Andrew Luck era. We had the quarterback and we wasted the quarterback by not putting everything else around it. Now it's like, wow, we have this great roster, in my opinion. We have a lot of talent and we're wasting it with the coaching staff and not putting the right pieces around it. Or, you know, and I, Wentz has been good for the most part this season. I don't want to make this about Wentz. He struggled today, obviously, at times, but we put too much on his plate, which is. Reich's fault and it's weird because Reich brings the best out of Wentz but then like he's also his kryptonite at the same time by giving him too much responsibility today when he didn't need to do it we weren't trailing by 21 points there was no need to put that much on his plate so it's like it's like a weird yin yang thing with Reich and Wentz but ultimately Reich has gotten his quarterback the last two years so we could talk all we want about Andrew Luck retiring but the last two years Frank who do you want I want Philip Rivers Frank, who do you want? I want Carson Wentz. So Reich's getting his guy. Like we're giving him what he wants, and these it's are the results. Like, like the results eventually almost, have to be positive, and they're not. It, it's almost like he's trying to prove that he's that it's him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like he's trying to okay, we're gonna throw it with Carson because I know how good Carson is, and I want to show the world how it's like. Let's just win games, like. I almost feel like with Rivers, he knew his limitations, so he coached smarter. But with with Wentz, because he's athletic and you can move him around, he kind of lets him get you know a little bit out of character in the sense that like Frank likes his quarterbacks to play a certain way, and he's allowing. I mean, because you remember our first year, he like Frank made it a point. Luck has to slide feet first. Luck has to see. It was like super important to him. He made a big deal about it. He brought in a guy to teach him how to slide. Do you ever notice Carson goes head first every single time? Yep. I mean, yeah. that's that is not a recipe for lasting long in this league. And I'm not listen, I'm not knocking Wentz, but I'm still not sold on him. I need to see him make it through without getting injured, and I need to see him improve. This was a huge step back today partially because of the coach but Carson made some absolutely horrific decisions and you can't do that and so I need to I'm not ready to say yes this is the guy of the future I'm not ready to say he's not I need to see like people are quick to rush judge to rush to judgment on players because they're a prisoner of the moment yeah give me the season or at least you know the first what 13 games because I got I don't want to lose a first round pick if we're going to suck. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I think you have to make a business decision the final couple weeks if it really comes down to the first round pick. Here's what I'll say about Wentz. Up until this point, I think it could really go either way, and I don't think it's fair to rush judgment and say he's awful, he's not the guy of the future. I also don't think it's fair to say, yes, he's our franchise quarterback. This is my biggest issue, Jason. I, at this point, am done with Frank Reich. I don't want him to be the head coach next year. I, if he is the head coach, I hope I'm wrong and he figures it out because there are a lot of good things he does. And at times he looks like a genius and I would love to see more of that. And I would love to see him drop the stubbornness and be the coach. I think he is capable of being under, if you peel back the layers, but after five years, the layers are the layers. He's not that guy. Like he is what he is. Yeah. He is what he, dude, it's not going to, he's what he is. But my point is Reich being what he is. After five years, he is what he is. And me wanting to get rid of him, I almost think that Carson has to go with him because yep. we've seen Carson in Philly without Frank Reich. So, like, all the positives of Carson are still an extension of Reich. So, that all goes into my thing that I said an hour ago. Here's the keys. Three years. Clock starts now. Fire the coaches if you want to. If you want to keep them, fine. I might fire you and everybody next year. But... Coaching staff, medical staff, training staff, whatever you need, scouts, it's up to you. And the quarterback is your decision, of course. 
And if you get rid of Reich and Wentz follows him, I'm fine with that. So I don't want to rush to judgment on Wentz. But if we tied them at the hip, I think that would be fair as well. That's a great point. And I think, honestly, I think Flus is going to be the scapegoat bottom line at the end of the year. I think he's going to give, and you're and the reason why I think he's going to give Reich one more year is because we can cut bait with Wentz after one more year. And mm-hmm. you're right, they're tied at the hip. So if, if he sucks this year and we don't and we don't make the playoffs and then we turn around and have another bad year next year, Reich will be gone. Wentz will be gone, and the entire offensive staff will be gone, and and everybody will everybody will uh, you know it'll be a whole new staff coming in because I think that's what the plan is. If Wentz doesn't prove himself this year or next year, because after next year you can cut him and it's not it doesn't it doesn't hurt you, but if you cut him after this year it does. So I think you're going to see them give him one more year. But it's not – I mean, I don't have any hope that it's going to change. Frank is what he is. He is He's what he is. I don't think he's a great coach. I think there's a lot of good things about him. But his stubbornness holds him back. His refusal to to uh, ride the, the, the hot hand, the refusal to, to put the ball in his best player's hands is, is his downfall. And I'll never understand it, but that's, that's just who he is. I mean, and he, he tried – I mean – that play to Granson was ridiculous. I mean, he does ridiculous things that you don't need to do. He is what he is, you know? And and it, and so I think what's going to happen is Fluce is going to get fired at the end of the year, no matter what, because, you know, Reich isn't – I mean, I don't think they're going to fire Reich. And, I, and so I think they're going to bring in a new f- defensive coach. But I, I think next year is it for him. If he doesn't – if they don't turn it around, show major improvement next year – I think he's gone. I think you see a whole new staff in 2023. But I mean, that's a long way down the road. But I really think what we're seeing with Reich is what he is. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to continue to see Jonathan Taylor get 16 carries a game and, you know, at 20 at most. He'll never get 25. I don't understand it, but that's the way it is. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to get their wish. Bluce is going to get fired and he's going to go somewhere else. And we're going to get a coach here and he's probably not going to be as good. And you're going to find out what a bad coach looks like. It's like people forgot how bad we were with Pagano, but it is what it is. And honestly, I, if that Flus gets fired, I hope he gets another job somewhere else. And I hope he does well, because I think he's a great football coach. I don't think he gets enough credit. And I think he gets a lot of shit from a lot of people that don't know a lot about the game. And uh, I think, you know, he's going to end up being the scapegoat. And I don't think that's right, but I think that's the way the league works. And I think that's what's going to happen. Are you ready for this stat? Colts blown 11 plus point leads since the Dungy era. Dungy, two and seven years. Caldwell, one and three years. Pagano, four and six years. Reich, five and four years and three in his last 10 games. That is depressing. And it's inexcusable. With this offensive line, Luke, you shouldn't blow any leads. You should just hammer down on that friggin'. With that offensive line in the running game, oh man, I, I'm just I, I I'm I'm getting too angry and frustrated. I mean, it's just I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It just this game sucked, and this season has sucked from day one. Remember, remember my tweet on like July 31st mm-hmm. when I said this year this year was going to be a circus. It has been a friggin' circus. Yep, yep, I remember. So you improved to seven and one in your picks too. So very <laughs> yeah, impressive. I, that sucks. I no matter was... what one of us was going to be when that coin flipped in overtime, one of us was going to turn into seven and one. Unfortunately, it was you. I mean, I just always feel like in big games, Frank, we're, Frank always again against good teams. Frank reverts to Frank. Yep. We're going to throw it 9,000 times and we're going to run it 15 times. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, I mean, it, it, it. I mean, I don't know what else to say, man. I really don't. I, it's just. I think I'm, I'm wiped. We have yeah. a quick turnaround, Jason. Ice up. We have a quick turnaround for the Jets game. <laughs> Jesus. Rest Christ. up your vocal cords, Jason. We're recording the game preview in two days. Oh God. I, I'm. I, I Gargle salt water tonight. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not even. I, so not. I'm not even excited about it. I'm this Mike, game. Just... Mike White and the New York Jets. Well, I'll tell you this: they're going to come in and play hard. If the Absolutely. Colts come out flat, if the Colts and this is a 
a typical game where the Colts would come out flat after just losing a huge game. Yeah. <sighs> so too, I don't think so. they're I don't think they're gonna lose to the Jets, but uh nothing would surprise me at this point, honestly. It is true. It is true. I definitely expect to beat the Jets. I'll pick them. But that will be on Tuesday. So let's wrap things up, Jason. We have said a lot. And I think all has been said. So that's my man, Jason Spears. I am your host, Luke Diamond. We'll be back on Tuesday. Short turnaround. Jets Thursday night football. Thursday at Lucas Oil Stadium. So we're back on primetime. Yippee. Our third primetime game in like five weeks or something like that, which is crazy. So... We'll be back Tuesday with the game preview, Colts-Jets, right here on the For the Culture Podcast.